Hello and welcome back to About Crypto, where we talk to crypto people about what they are working on and how they got involved in the cryptocurrency space. We have Alan from Draper Going Home. How's it going? Going good. Uh, happy to be here. Cool, man. Thanks for ha having me. Happy to have you. So uh, my first question for you is how did you get involved in crypto? So um, Joseph and I, my partner, had a uh, a crowdfunding conference that we had created and so the crowdfunding world had sort of evolved from crowdfunding to then a certain percentage of people got into ICOs and security tokens and things like that and that's really what got us in like officially officially but I actually my last company um, before doing all that was a, uh, a crowdfunding company that built platforms for crowdfunding and we were looking at the technology for crypto for like micro payments and things like that so actually in 2013 uh i think it was the end of 2013 we bought all of the um the stuff to build a mining rig in our office so we could test bitcoin and litecoin for micro payments and things like that so that was the first time i really touched the stuff but I really didn't participate for real until probably the end of 2016. Like that was participating for real, but like after a month, our landlord came and, and freaked out on us for spending too much money on electricity. And then we, we, we basically uh, gave our friends the, the graphics cards, because back then it was like, you could still use the graphics cards for, um, for mining. So we had like four of those crazy graphics cards in like a milk crate with a box fan up against it. <laughs> um, and so, so we basically gave our friends the graphics cards and, um, uh, and, and stopped doing it. So, but then when, when our conference, what was funny is like, I have um, a presentation I give about like the crypto over time and the roller coaster and stuff like that. And I have uh, pictures from our last crowd invest summit where we decided that a portion of the event would talk about um, would talk about ICOs and crypto and stuff like that. And it was just wild how packed it was because we, we had the world's biggest crowdfunding conference, but that wasn't hard. Like our crowdfunding conference have like 2000 people at it. Right. But like the next biggest conference in the world was like the Vegas one that had like 500 people at it. So it's like, so that wasn't like, like some, some special thing, but, when the second we brought crypto into the mix, it was just like chaos. I, I joke that there was a um, media companies that came, you know, like we do media companies at, at our conference and stuff like that at um, LA Blockchain Summit and all that. So we always had it open to media, but like in the crowdfunding world, not that many media people ever showed up, but uh, other than like a few of our friends, but then, um, the last crowdfunding conference we had because there was crypto on the agenda and it was just as crypto was starting to get crazy and Bitcoin's price was starting to go up. Um, uh, the, uh, we had some media people there and they were requesting to interview. Like when we did have media there, it was like to talk to Robert Herjavec who spoke at like at the conference once. He's one of the dudes from Shark Tank and it would be like to speak to like one of the top keynote speakers or one of the companies that were there. The time that uh, that the first time crypto was involved, 
the media companies were coming and asking to interview the securities attorneys that were talking about crypto. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> like, who the hell wants to talk to the securities attorneys? Right? So, so it was just the funniest thing. Um, but it was, well, it was crazy. So like one of like a couple of the panels were about crypto and stuff like that. And they were like, the room was packed, right? It was, it was pretty wild. And then, uh, the lawyers who were on day two asked us to make an announcement to the list of people who are at the conference and publicly that everyone who's thinking about crypto should come to uh, their panel because they're going to predominantly talk about crypto on the legal panel. And like the room got packed again. It was like, it was so funny though, because like every, that was the, that like kind of took over. And at that point, Joseph and I personally were in full time in the space. Like I, uh, was I, I was a venture partner at a fund here in Los Angeles um, after my company essentially died. They were one of the investors in, in uh, that company and they knew that I do a lot of community stuff and, and have a bunch of events. So they asked me to join um, them as a venture partner. And then one of the partners kept seeing me at crypto events and said he wanted to start a crypto fund. So I, I helped him start the crypto fund. Um, and, and so I was sort of full-time in crypto already anyway. Um, but then um, I ended up bowing out from that because I, we, we decided to start uh, DGH. That's, that's yeah. an awesome story, man. <laughs> so it, cool. it's, it's, and, and there's probably like more to it. I still want to like say the same stuff I've said on other things to touch on different things. But it's, uh, we could spend all day talking about like, you know, that kind of stuff. Because that's actually how I met Tim Draper back in the day was that company and, um, and all that. Yeah, and now you're yeah. now you're the co-founder of Draper Gorn Home. So that's awesome. How did that all kind of meld together? It it was cool. So you know, so Joseph and I started like I, I told you uh, I sort of let uh, left bowed out from that um, from the crypto fund that I was a part of. Not not for any like bad reasons or anything. It was they were focused on crypto, right? Like exactly what you would think of with a crypto fund. Um, and I um, originally joined that group as a venture partner. Um, and then when we started this crypto fund, it was supposed to be, or at least I felt like it should be um, the same sort of strategy, but in blockchain and crypto, which is early stage venture style investing, which means you're writing a small check or you're writing a check at the beginning of the company, like very early pre-seed, stuff and then you double down on the companies as they grow but you're really like marrying the company and with them for the next five ten years right that the average people don't realize that the average early stage startup when an investor makes an investment takes like eight years or so for them to get an exit if they get an exit in crypto we're used to like two months being way too long <laughs> we're sitting there like looking at our watches like like hey bitcoin's not moving what the hell uh, so so it's it's a totally different style and a different thing and it's something that i know that i'm better at than trading and stuff like that like we know people in the crypto space who are really really great traders i'm not disciplined enough for that that's not my style um i i like looking at the person knowing that i love them and want to work with them and let's go on this roller coaster ride together and figure out how to make this company successful. So, so anyway, um, getting back to, to the real question um, is, uh, you know, it, it came together that Joseph and I started doing that ourselves, mostly by like advising a few companies here and there because we didn't have the cash to invest because we, we're entrepreneurs ourselves. We, we don't have like a background in investing or anything like that. Um, but all of the tech 
not all the technology we built as uh, entrepreneurs were actually in support of like early stage startups and stuff like that. So Joseph's background is he built a crowdfunding platform also. That's how I met him. Um, and he did, um, he, he sold a company that did digital marketing and things like that. But he basically built another product called Crowdster, which basically automated the marketing that, uh, for, for companies that were crowdfunding. And um, I was building technology for companies that wanted to crowdfund and for funds that wanted to crowdfund. So I got sort of super educated on that, especially early stage startup world. So when Joseph and I started doing it, and then when we started to have a little bit of money um, ourselves to invest in companies, we started making those investments. And beginning of last year, we um, decided like, hey, we've got like seven or so portfolio companies and they're doing pretty awesome. Uh, why don't we actually like publicly say that we do this? Because we did it very like, you know, privately. Um, and it was, you know, Joseph and I 50-50 uh, partners. So we, we decided to, um, to tell people we did it. And because we thought at the beginning it was private, we actually used our own names. Like we didn't come up with like a cool brand or anything like that, which we do with other stuff. So we, it was just called Gorin Home Ventures. And we decided at our conferences, like the following conference, we were just gonna throw our logo like freaking everywhere and see if it brings us more companies and more opportunities. Um, we still had no plans of raising money ourselves or anything like that. So we did that and it was really funny when we were at the conference, one of my friends like, punched me in the arm and was like, cause we, we put our logo, we, th this is, this is a funny thing. I don't know if I've ever told anyone, but the lanyards at the conference that year, we just didn't sell to a sponsor. Like we, we couldn't find someone to pay for them. So we're like, we have to have lanyards. So we're like, we'll put our own logo on them. And so we put our own logo on the lanyards and my friend punched me in the arm. He's like, Goran Home Ventures, what the hell is that? How come you didn't tell me about that? I would have invested in your fund. And, and I was like, well, we don't even have a fund. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so, uh, so, you know, uh, it, was, it was this funny thing, but that guy punching me in the arm and saying that to me was like, oh shit, maybe we should raise money or raise a fund or something like that. So last year we decided to raise money. Um, one of our friends um, uh, did, the lead investment in us. And then Tim Draper ended up in the negotiations. We had joined the Draper Venture Network a few months before because of deal flow reasons and stuff like that. Like I was a part of that with the fund I was in before. And I was a part of it as a company that the network had invested in in the past. So I knew the value and I wanted to join them. And, and we got lucky that they asked us to join. And then Tim, uh, when we were fundraising, ended up taking the whole round of funding and in the discussions, he told us, he's like, I'd like to have a presence in Los Angeles. I'd like branding. I'd like to have access to your database and your conference in Los Angeles. We can work together on these things. And so we, we said, of course. And in the process of negotiation, we became sort of equal partners in, in the fund. Um, technically, Joseph and I are the managing partners. That should be clear so that people don't think Tim is the one making the investment decisions. Joseph and I are running it. But, but Tim is one of the three board members and owns an equal amount as us. So, so it was really, really epic that he came on board and invested in us. It gave us more opportunities to grow. And because we grew um, a little larger and some of our companies were doing insanely well, um, uh, we decided that we were going to raise a fund as well so that we could double down on the companies that grow. So technically we're, we're still raising a part of that, but it's, um, we're, we're working towards the first close there too. That's, that's awesome, man. And that's a, a great story of everything coming together. 
So what do you look for in an entrepreneur or startup when you're going to invest in them? It's, it's like I was saying before, it's the people, right? So like um, uh, using, using like one of our, uh, one of our companies as an example that I, that I know that you know, like Lunar Crush, right? Like you, I don't know if you know Joe and John personally um, and Dan uh, as well, but they're just like some of the most impressive dudes you'll ever meet who know their shit inside and out when it comes to crypto and are incredible product people, right? Like they know how to put together a product and map it out and execute. And so when we met them originally, the, the you know, we, um, we, jeez, uh, I keep getting alerts, sorry. <laughs> but on do not disturb mode, but WhatsApp doesn't listen to those. Um, but uh, so, um, you know, I, I met these guys and they, they told me they're putting together this product. They, they said, you know, talk to me about what they were going to do. And I was super impressed. And we get this awesome kind of insight because we can look at companies when they come to our conference and stuff like that and see how they operate. See that like when a month before the conference, they tell us they're going to do something before the conference if they actually do and stuff like that. So we get, to, we get an excuse to work with them before we ever write a check. And that's what we did with, with them. And we were just so impressed that every opportunity we've had in terms of them raising another round of funding or anything like that is we've doubled down. Um, and, and so when we're looking at people, we, we want to like the people first, because like I was telling you before, like we expect this to take five, 10 plus years, right? We don't want to be, you know, hanging out with some a-hole that we don't <laughs> like, you know, like, so, 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 you know, there's, there's, people in the space that you think are crazy impressive, but you might not get along with them. And then there's people who you get along with really, really well that maybe you wouldn't want, you'd want to hang out with and party with, but maybe not want to work on something with. I would rather, um, you know, a hundred percent of the time, we'd rather make sure we want to hang out with the people and be with the people because we believe it's, it's going to work. Uh, it's, it's, that's important. And then the people have to be really, really good at executing. So like we can only, like we tell people that we come in early and we're really hands-on. Like if you see, we post shit on Twitter all the time and on LinkedIn and all these things that we do um, using our company's APIs uh, to build things. We're, we're actually incubating a company right now on top of um, DMM's protocol. And so we do all this kind of stuff, but we can, we can only amplify what they do. So we need to know that the group is, is, can execute and can build. And that's the, the most important thing. And then, um, and then we, we, we work with them if we can, right? And if, yeah. if, uh, and if they want to work with us. <laughs> awesome. So my last question for you is, what is one myth in crypto that you want to debunk? Um, you know, like it's, uh, it's, it, it's tough. There's a few things like uh, that, that people think like, one, I think that, you know, one, we, we all get this from people who don't know anything about the space that talk about how, you know, it's, it's only used for illegal things or, or Bitcoin is only used for, 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 for illegal things or illicit things. And, and that's obviously not true and not even close to the truth. But so that I, I always try to, you know, fight that publicly. So like Brad Sherman, who's the, the, um, who is the uh, congressman um, who's on the uh, uh, investor protections committee of all places, um, which they should never have allowed him to be on that. It talks, talks trash about crypto every once in a while on, on those committees and stuff. 
Um, and, uh, and so he's actually, he lives like 15 minutes away from me. I live right in the district next door. I kind of wish I lived in his district, then I'd probably be able to cause even more trouble. But I constantly, um, because of the years of being, doing like local startup stuff next to where I live, I do this group called 805 Startups, which is a local to here startup and investor community. Um, I uh, know the people who do the, it's called the, um, the San Fernando Valley Business Journal. And so I know the editor from that. So every time uh, Brad Sherman says something stupid, I will send him an email like that same day saying, I'm writing an op-ed piece for the San Fernando Business Journal because that's that dude's business journal. And the only people who read the business journal are the old farts who vote for him. So it's, it's, a, perfect, uh, it's a perfect kind of uh, troll. And um, I've also, you know, I constantly um, uh, send them messages trying to debate him and, and stuff publicly. I've never gotten a response. So then I send notes to all the local papers saying, saying Brad Sherman never responds to my stuff, <laughs> just, to, just to, to screw with him and stuff. Um, so so I, that's sort of my, my local fight against, uh, against the, uh, the myths. But I think that the one thing uh, I tell startups and stuff about about crypto is that like we're a bunch of nerds in this space and we uh, we've learned to use Bitcoin we've learned to use DeFi products and things like that but it's still not like mainstream ready for the most part Bitcoin has become that if you're going to just buy it on Coinbase or buy it through uh, River or Swan or one of those right it's pretty easy to just buy it and hold it but like my my parents aren't going to put it on a on you know a, a cold storage wallet right and my parents still don't even know exactly why to buy it um but there are i look at the whole DeFi space and all this stuff as like as like an api or a layer or look at it like javascript or css or um or you know um php or html or whatever it, it exists and it's amazing if you utilize it right but like my mom doesn't have to know how to use javascript and html to use facebook right so, so I, I, want, I want people to build things on top of these layers, like DMM is a good example. If you partner with the right people for legal reasons, right, um, and you integrate all the various tools, DMM being one of them, a fiat on-ramp being one of them, maybe a trust company being one of them, you could easily create an app that allows people to take their money out of their uh, Bank of America account, put it into uh, a trust account that holds crypto, and they'll be able to earn the percentage of yield that only DeFi can bring them. And you're essentially taking money away from the banks. And the more money we take away from the banks, the more power crypto has. So that's not a myth, but that's a, I think like a whole, a whole ethos that uh, at least a section of the community has to have because we're gonna, that, that's what's gonna power the next sort of uh, evolution of this space is easy to use consumer products for crypto right like the way cash app does it for bitcoin um people need to do that for for all of DeFi because i don't think that just bitcoin by itself is enough and i've been getting a lot of shit from some of my bitcoiner friends who want to be 100 percent bitcoin because they're pushing against DeFi for some stupid reason so i'm uh i uh, uh i i truly believe that though there needs to be bitcoin and there needs to be DeFi. Because otherwise there's Bitcoin and there's going to be banks. And we don't, I think that the reason why you love Bitcoin is because the banks are not doing the right thing, uh, to put it lightly. <laughs> and the governments are doing, not doing the right thing, right? 
So if, if Bitcoin and DeFi come together, whether it's on Ethereum or Tezos or any of them, and now I'll get more shit from them, um, it, I, I don't really care. Um, I just want it to be fair for the consumer. Uh, just like the consumer doesn't give a shit if they're using iOS or Android or HTML or JavaScript as long as it works, right? Um, so anyway, uh, ADD moment, but I got excited. All, all good. <laughs> no, yeah, that was awesome explanation, man. And uh, where can people find you? Um, I'm uh, on, on Twitter, um, at Alon Gorin, um, but uh, you can hit us up at drapergorinholm.com or hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, I'm terrible on the DMs and the messages on those places. My email address is the place, best place, which is a at drapergornholm.com. But if you go to drapergornholm.com and you are a startup that's building something cool in the space, it's never too early to submit your pitch and put, put it to that site because we wanna meet you before anyone else does. That's sort of what we do. So, so hit us up there. Awesome. Thanks again, Matt. And uh, everybody have a good day.